the power circle. We talk a little bit at the beginning and a little at the end. And it's been a long time since I've had 100 people on a call. So this is probably the free calls get the more people, I'll say that. But I do know that my core group, you know, it's such a sacred time right now. A lot of people are in a a lot of other places. So I'm just real curious to see who shows up tonight. Okay, well, my stuff is cycle-based. We work on the cycles, and Neptune's so big, it's a 14-year cycle. So we're going to just kind of get into the overview of that because it's just starting. But my perspective, let's say, is more about making some practical application out of the information. You know, my thing is us little humans doing our individual piece of the big, 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 huge picture that there is, you know, taking all that into consideration, absolutely, but in the context of working on self and your contribution and you know we're gonna have fun because it is Neptune this is gonna be a way kind of different than any of my normal calls because I'm going to do the typical a, a usual structure is breath work overview a chart which we're not gonna work from because we're not really doing any specific planetary thing we're just talking about Neptune moving into Pisces so there's not tonight's no chart but usually there's a chart to deal with I did put the retrograde and direct in the notes so that people would have that frame of reference that is going to shape our night but no chart then we're going to do some guidance from the I Ching which I did bring back down to our individual human place so that we could have some practical guidance which is just unbelievable it's really juicy and then I'm going to tell people they can do what they want after that we're going to do some storytelling some people don't like to listen to other people read most of my crew knows this mythology and different things that I'm going to get into are so juicy and they also because it's Neptune it's going to give I want to give people more of right brain activity going on. We want to stimulate the creativity and the imagination and that's what mythology and storytelling does. It'll give it another language, it'll put other words to the same kind of vibration or you know energy or whatever's happening right now or however we're going to perceive this big shift. We're in it. We're in it. You know, we're already there. So tonight is just kind of fun Neptune stuff but just being aware of what's available because this is the overwhelm zone too for those who don't have any practical tools, aren't working any kind of specific practice practice that keeps them centered and grounded here you know that's going to be a whole nother story okay because I also send out a note that has the audio and what I call the activations which is wherever in this case it'll be wherever Pisces is in your chart you'll have that information as well to sort of know what Neptune's going to be working on the house issues what happened (laughs) but Mercury is in the shadow of retrograde so I'm expecting all kinds of interesting things all right I'm glad you tried though (laughs) we do one once a month so if you go to karmictools.com you can find the calendar and see what we're doing next month I can't even remember right now it's one of those energy zones we're in well one of the quotes that I put in the missive was we did the call on Neptune Uranus on 11 11 08 was so interesting I'm like oh my god and I wish I'd had time to listen to it first but I'm sure it's going to be useful reference points because what I will re-mention to others is 08 to 2011 this is three years into that truth whatever that may be this is the first test so we've been warming up to this point which is pretty juicy well this is an unusual call it's Neptune style all the way we're just all in kind of mysterious realms tonight none of the normal things that happen happened I think some of its mercury and its shadow and some of its just Neptune having fun with us but we we're not doing anything real specific another Neptunian theme but what it is is I'm into cycles and I do have, you're like the third new person to pop on tonight who's never done it before. So I just want you to kind of understand the flow of things. It's astrology based, yes, but mostly we're talking energy and we're in such a sacred zone right now that it's very important we all sort of honor this. And Neptune is one of those planets that is so juicy for that. So we're going to have fun. I'm glad you could make it. Beautiful. Well, welcome home. That's fun. 
Okay, everyone. So we're gathering. Time has been funny today, too. I did. I just all kinds of things melted into place for this. And the articles, Nicole, oh my God, it was all I could do to not teleport you here today. <laughs> it was like, let me just beam her over here. Oh my God. So I think I'm going to do what I did last week is, or last month is hang up and send all the links to the articles because there's probably still a half a dozen articles I couldn't even get to. But the ones I did whoo, were so juicy. Yes, yes. And if anyone's in that zone for 11.11, these all help because it's, it's helping us focus on where we need to be focused in this precious zone of creativity so okay I'm just gonna say choose the crystals for the public and keep certain private ones for you okay just making sure the memo gets out um but I have another assignment for you I had a black raven with one white tail feather what is that who is that who was I communing with for a good solid 10 minutes and my husband witnessed and was bugging because he's like, how does this stuff always happen to you? <laughs> he's like, the things that I would never believe if I wasn't standing here. Oh, he's so cute. One, one white feather in the middle. of, And you don't see it until he spreads out to fly, really, even. Well, Raven's magic. So we're here. Yeah, I did. I'll send you what I got, but it's on the phone. So it's not very clear, but it'll do. I sent one to Caroline and Nicole. Saw Nicole, did you see them? Oh, she might have muted out. That's okay. You can stay in prayer if that's where you are. We've got about two minutes, everyone. I think we should start grounding. I know we get so excited. And Neptune is going to help us through this 11-11 gate. So this is as close to that celebration together as we're going to do. Otherwise, we'll be telepathing tomorrow. I do plan to be, of course, on the beach. 11-11 a.m. is for me and the world. And 11-11 p.m. is for my family and the world. So I'm going to do ocean in the morning and fire at night. God is working out all the in-between. Yeah. So deep breaths and star six and let's anchor the circle where we are. Thank you. Thank you, ladies, for being here. I'm sure we'll have some more people rolling in. Hello. Hello. Oh, yay. Welcome. Welcome. We're going to get started in about one to two minutes and we're going to have lots of fun tonight. This is going to be a little different from our usual call, but almost the same. We here we go. Star six, yeah, we'll mute and unmute yours, and just make sure you're comfortable for my new people. You might want to take some notes initially. That comes and goes. It's better almost to listen to the audio on the back end when you want to take notes and get real deep into any kind of tracking. But in the meantime, we're just going to open to receive. This is the time prior to the call where we invite our angels and guides and ancestors who are all extremely available at this time of year specifically. We are in the gate of power ruled by Scorpio, Samhain. It's a cross quarter. We're at that midpoint between fall equinox and winter solstice. It's a sacred, delicious, powerful time. So we are gathered together doing our breath work. We're going to anchor the circle and get started now. I'm going to mute everything and I will see you on the other side. Okay, welcome, welcome everyone. Tonight's call is a little different from our norm. We're just going to celebrate and dive into the initial possibilities of Neptune in Pisces. It really was April 2011 when Neptune originally hit Pisces. It is just gone forward yesterday at 28 degrees Aquarius. So this is the last time in 165 years that Neptune will be at the end of Aquarius. And so we have whew, quite a lot to process. Pisces is the end of the zodiac. So we are sharing this closing of one cycle and initiating a completely new cycle that is larger than us, larger than us. But we are 
integral pieces of this process. So we're just going to do our best to have fun and navigate these waters together. So deep breaths wherever you are. Decided we're going to do a little Pisces breath work. So we want to focus on pruning and clearing and releasing anything blocking your flow essentially. We're working on connecting to the original blueprint or the original vision for your life. Neptune rules our dreams and visions. This is imagination territory. And I love Robert Wilkinson says Jupiter may be the storyteller, but Neptune is the vast ocean from which all the many, many, many infinite number of stories reside that Jupiter plucks them from. So we want to keep that in mind. We can animate any story of our choosing. So let's get clear on what we do want. Let's allow what's leaving and being transmuted or transformed into a new form to be more useful. Whatever's leaving, let it go, let it go, let it go. So the way we work is just deep breaths, connecting to the base of your chakra, feeling that connection to mother, feeling that electricity that moves through your body organically and connects you to the core, goes out into the ethers, connects to the electromagnetic field. Through our crown chakra, we're connected to Father Sky and officially plugged in at our hearts. So we're just going to move through real easy. We want to release from our 3D density back into pure consciousness, various Neptunian Piscean principles, and then we're going to breathe in the manifesting current and bring in from pure thought into tangible form. Again, the original vision. Deep breath. So we're going to release any tendency to allow petty, irrelevant details to distract or paralyze you. Let's release that. Let's take a deep breath together. Deep breath in. And release. And we're going to clear out any tendency to get stuck in one place cutting off the flow. We always want to go with the flow these days. Be flexible and fluid as best as possible. Let's take a deep breath together. Deep breath in. And release. And we want to release any and all rigid attachment to the past or the future. More than ever before, it's time to be present in the now. Let's take a deep breath together. And release. And for all that we let go of, we create a vacuum and we clear a space for new life to come in. And we're going to, each of you can just move through your chakras on your own. Focusing, sending light, getting them spinning, getting them open, allowing the flow to move from the top to the bottom and the bottom to the top. Feeling that expansion at your heart chakra, opening to receive your blessings, your good. And we're going to reclaim our connection to our own intuition and the faith and the ability to follow that intuition. Let's really feel that, embrace that. Deep breath in. And release. And we are going to reclaim our grounded and complete vision of the goal, the original goal, as well as the next step on the path. One foot in front of the other. That's all we can do. Deep breath. Deep breath. 
and release. And we're going to reclaim our trust, our innate trust in the natural processes of life. We're going to reclaim that trust and master and integrate our human and spirit forms. We are dual beings and we have to nourish and support and maintain both aspects of our being in balances again to the best of our ability. So let's take a deep breath in. And release. And let's take one final breath to unite the circle. Welcome, welcome everyone who's joined in the last five or ten minutes. Deep breath in and we will anchor the circle. Deep breath. And release. Okay, welcome, welcome everyone. Neptune in Pisces. This is 14 years, one segment, one twelfth of the entire 165 year Neptune cycle. So like I said earlier, we are closing and initiating this cycle together, which is just unbelievably delicious and rare. And we're here on November 10th, 2011, approaching the 11-11-11 gateway portal, however you'd like to look at that. My understanding of it is that it's an alignment and we can access other realms and other dimensions. And because I believe it's Samhain, our eighth sacred season of the year, and the gate of power ruled by Scorpio when we access the ancestors every year. This gives us a chance to surrender this entire year. So even though we're going to talk about big old Neptune and its far-reaching effects, you know my thing in the power circle is to bring it back into individual practical application. How can we move through such a large concept and remain mindful and centered and connected to our hearts, connected to God, connected to spirit, and connected to the earth in healthy, balanced ways. That's ultimately the goal of understanding energy and cycles. Knowing what's going on helps us choose in the moment an effective response, hopefully, to whatever we're being faced with. And the thing about Neptune and Pisces is it's a mixed blessing. We're going to be faced with unimaginable wildness, you know, things that you just never thought you would see. That's coming in. But I get the feeling that this particular aspect, now there's other aspects that are dredging up other darkness and things that we'll have to deal with in other ways. But for Neptune and Pisces, I think it's going to be more of the spiritual dimensions because that's Neptune and Pisces realm. God, spirituality, oneness, the Christ consciousness, all of that is available and churning again in a larger way than it has been, let's say, in the 165 years. We'll just stick with that cycle. But essentially, we're getting our connection, reclaiming our direct connection. There's no need for a translator or a middleman. Spirit resides within us. We are spirit. We're just wearing these uniforms, these little vehicles that carry us around on planet Earth. So we just have to learn how to do that a little better. And I love Robert Wilkinson has AquariusPapers.com and he is what we refer to lovingly in the power circle as the astrologer's astrologer. So sometimes he gets, most of the time he's very technical, but then every once in a while we get juicy articles from him that are more spiritually based. And I'd love to just share this piece to open the night because I want to plant a whole bunch of seeds. This is the thing about Neptune and Pisces. It's the subconscious realm, the unconscious realm. Think 12th house where everything gets pushed 
to the side because we've got to deal with everyday life and then it all accumulates there okay it doesn't go away it's just waiting for you to give it some attention and what I like to remind people is in our personal charts in our personal cycles there's a chance every year there's a chance every month for us to tune in there's a chance every day that we can connect to our own natural rhythms and do better. So Robert's got an article on Neptune and Pisces and uh, I don't know how many people were here early on, but after the call, I will do my best to send over links to several articles for those of you that want to dive a little deeper into this and work your 1111 mojo with more understanding of activating the imagination and really dreaming big. I do have some great, great articles to recommend and I'll make sure you have those links and this will be included. So he starts with that line I gave you earlier, Jupiter's the planet of storytelling, but I think that Neptune is the planet of imagination, is the ocean out of which the stories are picked. Neptune is that place where consciousness and matter merge, where it becomes obvious that you cannot separate human consciousness and the universe that consciousness is always trying to understand and describe. Oh, he must be quoting somebody. Dharmaruchi. Okay, he's got Astro Table Talk. I apologize. Robert's quoting Dharmaruchi. So he makes the point that Neptune's sign indicates what's fashionable in the collective consciousness. So when Neptune was in Capricorn back in the mid-80s, the era in which money became fashionable, Neptune in Aquarius, which is what we're coming out of now, began the late 90s, began the internet age. Aquarius is computers. Neptune is the interconnectedness of the web. So Robert goes on to say, this would imply that Neptune and Pisces will make intuition, dream interpretation, explorations of the subconscious, both individual and collective, and non-linear knowing fashionable. So again, with that other dimensional travel, you know, understanding that we have other ways, other perspectives. Okay, essentially, that's what it is. In our human form, it's another perspective. And some might say it's so far out, it seems like another dimension. <laughs> but that's going to be up. It's going to be up, including all the charlatanism, including all of the people that would prey on those that are susceptible to this. So this is why free will and choice, being centered in who you are, knowing your own rhythm, connected to your heart and your inner compass, your discernment. Okay, Pisces, Virgo. In order to work that Pisces vision, we have to have our Virgo discernment and filter clean and activated. And we're going to get into a lot of that, too, along the way. So, of course, it could also result as mass delusions, hysteria, ungrounded belief systems, and superstitious faiths willing to betray their spiritual underpinnings. Okay, this is all the Piscean shadow realm. The article goes on to state, due to Neptune's discovery in Aquarius a century and a half ago, that we have just had one full Neptune cycle of science as our underlying collective mythology. So it is not surprising that the imbalances of that mythology are becoming clearer. That we are living in a time when we can no longer ignore the sense of dominance over nature that we have inherited from Christianity and then had compounded by science. We are collectively in the position of Prometheus, with his liver being pecked out afresh every day. The fact that Neptune was discovered under Aquarius suggests that the myth we need to pay most attention to is the one behind the Big Bang and evolution, which is the myth of science itself and its approach to knowledge as well as its placement suggesting power and dominance. And it is, first of all, important to recognize that it is, in fact, a myth. 
in the sense of an underlying story that we have collectively created. This is hard to do because it's so much presented to us as an undeniable reality. Okay, that would be science. But any myth worth its salt will have this quality of believability. Many of the collective myths, okay, these are the ones we all contribute to one way or another, consciously or unconsciously, we've told ourselves are now being exposed for the dreams and illusions they are. The myth of nuclear power being in any way safe or containable in its plutonic destructiveness. The myth that any warning system is adequate to dealing with massive tsunamis. The myth that we can build nuclear reactors on fault lines and that there is any science that can make it right when things go terribly, horribly wrong. Perhaps the myth of scientific supremacy is showing some cracks, question mark. And just as surely over the next 14 years, many obsolete religious myths will give way to a more compassionate way for humans to coexist with each other and other life forms on Earth. We do not need obsolete belief systems that insist they must convert you, exile you, or kill you if you don't agree with them. This sense of self-righteous separateness will be one of the collective assumptions that will die along with other destructive ways of life on this beautiful earth. This is an era when faith shall be exposed or various faiths will be exposed for their truth or hypocrisy but also when sometimes it will be difficult to separate fact from fiction. This is why our intuition, Pisces rules our intuitive capacity, everyone has it and everyone has it somewhere in their chart. So you want to look for that so that you know the place that you are strongest, that you could strengthen, that you can turn to in the time of need of clarifying whatever's in front of you. Is this truth? Is this truth for me? Let's be specific. You know, is this anything that requires my attention or interaction? And it's just, again, with the filter, we're filtering everything, absolutely everything. We're rechecking our boundaries constantly, and we're rechecking the filter constantly for the next 15 years, at least, at least. This is, should be just an ongoing practice, I suspect. So the many faiths are being exposed for whether they're real or not. Our dreams will take on an added importance for good or ill. Add the constant pressure of the grand irrationality, which is Robert's got a, these big planetary alignments are also rare. They're all happening now. So that's what he's, he's termed it. And it's probably safe to say that things will get weirder before they get productive a few years down the road. Since much will not make sense during this time in the vast dreamscape where ancient and modern myths collide in a fog of obscuring images and beliefs, Learn to be a good surfer and ride the waves and tides as your higher self instinctively knows how to do. I suspect that many boating, fishing, and other sea-oriented skills will become metaphors with new application in the coming years. Perhaps we shall collectively awaken to the damage we've done and continue to do to the oceans on Earth and collectively change our ways. We can dream, can't we? I'll do more articles. Okay, so he'll do more articles. But to close this, he says something about Austin back in the 60s and 70s, onward through the fog. And sometimes when we don't rely too heavily on our five senses and our minds, we can know without thinking and flow without effort. There are mysteries to be discovered, feelings to share, and new mythologies to be constructed for a new world that is now emerging. So we want to contribute to the constructing of the new mythologies that will support life 
ultimately that's what we need we need the stories that feed our souls that support our beings and that nurture life on this planet and that's a tall order <laughs> that's a tall order so we're gonna have to really dream big and get beyond some illusions and delusions to what can actually be done but let's get into some of Neptune Pisces realm here we have lots of buzzwords that everybody's heard but I'm just gonna put them out there for any things that are popping up on your radar now to confirm and it's definitely time to tune in to what you believe whatever you believe becomes true for you then you work on it and you take action based on it and things start to take form and take shape so right now we're redreaming everything we're closing a giant chapter in our personal and collective lives and it is time to surrender certain things again the 12th house Pisces completion the end this is the ultimate surrender the fact that we're getting together now and like I said the eighth sacred season of the year this is the closing of the solar year that we initiated winter solstice this is the end of the year where we surrender we've done all the work we can do and now we want to call on the angels and guides and ancestors and invisible assistance that is infinitely available for us and a lot more reliable these days because things are not real stable at the moment. Out of chaos comes this creative life force that we can tune into and not be afraid of. It's, it's in us. It's part of us. We shouldn't fear it, but we should revere it. We should respect it. Absolutely. So we got to just learn what works for us. And that's where knowing your own internal innate rhythm is useful. We're surrendering. We're letting go and we're inviting the magic. We're inviting the invisible assistance to do that which we cannot do. That which we cannot even language, really. We can ask for the essence. We can ask for the feeling. We can invite the answers, the clarity, the understanding, the wisdom. Absolutely. And like I said, they're going to come from a lot more unusual sources than the usual sources. So get linear in check, people. Get your egos in check. Get your everyday 3D, I need to reach out and touch it or I need to see it to believe it under control because that's not really going to work. That's going to be a brick wall almost every single time. So new methods, new methods of flow and flexibility need to be part of your practice. There is no perfection. Okay, again, Pisces Virgos involved. That means a little give and take. That means dream big and then come back and do the everyday Virgo little things that bring that vision into tangible reality. Balance. We want to do both. Taking a time out for your spirit, Pisces, every day for your human, your Virgo side. Okay, all of that is connected. And again, it's a practice that we've been provoked and pushed and prodded and on one side and then supported, uplifted and encouraged on another side to develop our own spiritual practice or some kind of practice that helps you keep centered in the middle of chaos. One of my visualizations, many of the power circle already know that I live in Florida and here we have these wild storms and I live on the Tampa on the Gulf side, which apparently is second to only Kenya in lightning strikes. So we do get these phenomenal lightning storms all the time I've been playing with for years now. But one of my revelations was this dark, heavy, unbelievably violent storm on one side of the street. You cross the yellow line on the side I was on with sunny blue skies, literally a perfectly horizontal line straight down the middle that separated it. And it gave me this aha visual that you can know the storm is there. You can see the storm. You can see how awful it is and how dark it is and not be part of it. You don't have to be in it to know it's there. So we know that a lot of big global shifts are taking place that are way, way, way out of our control. So we're going to bring it back down to micro size. And when I get to the additional activations, we're going to talk about how we can work it personally. But for now, 
work on your surrender. <laughs> what do you want dissolved by Neptune and Pisces over the next 14 years? I encouraged in the midst of what got dissolved over the last 14 years. Think Aquarius in terms of humanity, community, service, that kind of thing. Absolutely. But on a personal level, Leo Aquarius are part of the same energy and it is who you are and how who you are, Leo, serves the Aquarius community. So Neptune's been dissolving our ideas and concepts and definitions. What we believe to be true about the Aquarius realm, technology and advancements and being on the cutting edge, doing the new and pushing the limits in ways that the Aquarius energy is good for and here for, all delicious. But you know, a lot of times that's uncomfortable too. So you want to look at where Aquarius is in your personal chart, whatever houses that's traversing, that's where the dissolution happened for you personally. And now if you can, you know, make any connections, then you can sort of pre-plan to the best of your ability, at least set the intention of how you'd like to roll through Neptune and Pisces over the next 14. And so that's a lot, but let's let's surrender the last 14 before as we initiate this next one. And just keep in mind that's the point of it all. Dissolution. Dissolving anything that's become crusty and hard. And so the caveat, let's say, with this energy is that if you don't release, if you don't choose, the universe will choose for you. If you don't decide to surrender a certain piece, sacrifice in Pluto's case, liberate in Uranus's case, and dissolve and just allow to be gone in Neptune's case. Okay, see, this is this is the allowing piece. This is where all my control freaks, me at the top of the list, go crazy. Because we want to have that connection. I see where a lot of humans, not everyone, because some people are really good at navigating mystery. Those are the people you want to learn from and, and just observe as to how they sort of navigate 3D because they're so good at accepting that some things are unknowable. We're not even supposed to know certain things. And then all of us, and certainly on this call, have lived long enough to know that eventually it all makes sense. <laughs> eventually, five or ten years later, you can look back and go, oh, that's why I had to go through all that and why I had to do this, that, or the other, or not do it. And where the choices that created the forks in the road happened, okay? So here's where we are in the big picture for this year. Closing out 2011 and initiating 2012 is bringing in a completely new path for everyone for everyone one way or another we're all on a new path so learning how to walk and talk all over again is part of that and not dragging the past with you heavy baggage has got to stay behind don't even look back there's certain things I really do get down sometimes where I realize I haven't even touched this box in four years I don't even open it to see what's in it I just let it go it goes straight to goodwill let them work it out I just it, I'm getting to that place where lightening the load is so easy and of course it used to be hard and of course it was a practice of, of purging year after year, little by little, letting go a little more, a little more, a little more. But honey, let me tell you, these big activations <laughs> have fast-tracked a lot of things, a lot of things. So you want to use that. Don't be upset about it. If you can fast-track some releases, use the energy that's available. And this is tremendously useful for that, tremendously useful. We're definitely expanding our consciousness in another way. But again, we're also taking back our autonomy and our, our inner authority to choose the story we're going to animate or the belief system that's going to support our lives to that again feeds our soul and allows us to be effective humans here so you know to the degree that you refuse to be flexible you know or not adjust or not surrender you know people who hold on are going down with the ship that's 
how it works. You just really don't want to go that way because, again, planets are not malicious. The gods are not even malicious. Nobody woke up today and said, how can we mess with you? That's not what's happening. But these are cycles, I feel. This is the Kelly, you know, life, according to Kelly, is that they're cycles and they're big ones and small ones and they always come back around. Now, they don't reactivate like the big one we're dealing with and Neptune and Pisces is triggering a lot of things with the North Node and Sagittarius. Okay, they're all part of the same family. Gemini Sad and Virgo Pisces are what we call the mutable babies and there are the flexible fluid ones but they're also the mental realm the dream realm the ideas and concepts and how we start acting and moving on these ideas so I think this whole 14 year process is going to have a lot of things cooking where people are arguing and fighting over completely intangible things (laughs) they're just ideas so catch yourself when somebody has sucked you into some kind of endless argument that's what I you know the visual I get for those types of arguments I'm referring to so don't get sucked in that's a distraction and that gets you off your path and I just caught like a little glimpse of a child movie a Percy something I was walking through and my child's watching it he's 14 and they somehow the kids had gotten transported to Vegas laughably so where they had these lotus flowers and if you eat the lotus flower you forget everything and you just want to have fun and you forget your mission completely and sure enough that not only that but then time gets tricky so I think time is going to lose its its stronghold over this 14 year period as well and they thought they were in there for like two hours they were in there for five days so Think about this, guys. This is where I'm realizing people, you know, and usually it's family and close friends and people who we have heart connections to that we don't like to see struggle and hurt through these kind of transitions. But if they don't have a belief system or they haven't worked on their own personal stuff in so long, those are the ones with a big pile at the door that they can't even get out the door to run away from. They're going to have to deal with it now. And that's hard and it's really hard to watch. It's even harder, you know, not harder, but it's tough on those, you know, they got to be on the perimeter. So boundaries are going to get a big deal all throughout here. You're going to get lessons over and over. How many boundaries, how much boundaries is too much and blocking the flow and how much is not enough and you're becoming, you're absorbing everything around you. We got to work on those boundaries. Chiron and Pisces is going to work it. Again, it's going to continue on for eight of these 14 years that Neptune's in Pisces. So they're together still, no exact hits, but together. And nonetheless, working that whole dissolution process around our wounds, around our, our need to heal this disconnection from each other, from the planet from our hearts from our souls we're healing all that and again you got to think you know 7 14 years that's not that long to heal something that deep and that broad or that big for your soul to feel better okay I would certainly dedicate 7 to 14 years to that but you've got to understand that it is a process so you might not see certain results until later and at the same time we want to continue of course we still all have to function and go to work and feed ourselves and keep a roof over our heads so we want to keep up with our weekly monthly things basically and even with the 11 11 11 thing I keep reminding people it's like 2000 there's nothing really physically that's gonna happen not even on 2012 December 21st it's just a shift it's and it's ever so subtle and now it's gaining momentum let's say so people who are feeling it but have absolutely no language for it are are having a real hard time think how scary that would be you know I just went through a little exchange of communication with my husband I'm like hold on it's like we're speaking two different languages and just imagine how frustrating it would be to to not speak the language where you are and be trying to communicate something of urgency you know that would be really frustrating that's gonna happen a lot so let's just breathe and pray through that one and let's honor the fact that Neptune did just go forward yesterday Let's touch base on that because while it's been backwards since June, June to November is five months 
and a little bit of change there. It's this whole five months, I don't know about you, but it's pretty obvious that a lot of illusions and delusions have been revealed over this time. How many of you really found pieces of yourself you didn't even realize were part of you, let's say, and awarenesses, ahas, and, and, and illuminations. That's the thing about these energies. They're illuminating, they're lighting up. Tonight is the full moon lighting up your Taurus house. All the things that have to do with your earthly comforts. Okay, so again, with setting these intentions, we have a tremendous amount of support for heaven on earth. We have a tremendous amount of support for that particular story of balance and reciprocity and ongoing life that sustains itself because of the reverence, because of the respect for what it takes, which usually in life forms is time. Okay, computers, instant. Consciousness, instant. Life forms, time. That's how that works. So honoring that piece of it and then still allowing this 14 years is going to get us all more comfortable with magic because we've we have witnessed miracles we have seen things happen that completely defy 3d ground rules let's say okay so we know that those things happen what we want to do is be centered in our own truth so that we are open to the flow to me more than psychic magical things like that it's more of being in alignment all of a sudden, when you're in alignment, the whole path opens up and it's whoosh, you're in, you're in, you're in, you're where you're supposed to be and we've been waiting for you. Come on in. Now, when you get blocked, it's because spirit's trying to tell you something. Hold up. There's something you need to know before you take another step. So I'm going to stop you here until you get the memo. That's how that works. And again, it's just practice. It's knowing yourself. It's knowing where you are and what you can handle. So for the last five or six months, what's been revealed. Now, remember, we still have these eclipses radically changing our thinking, radically altering what we believe to be true and changing our story altogether. So if you need a landmark, 19 years ago, 1992 was the last time the North Node was in Sagittarius. So a lot of reverberations from that time. And, you know, that's almost 20 years. You want to think every five years, four increments of five. So 92, then another hit at 97, and then another hit at 02, and another hit at 07. And here we are at a complete 20-year cycle. How did your truth and story evolve throughout those years? And were those years trigger points for you? Because if you have any Gemini, Sag, or Virgo, Pisces, I guarantee they were points of interest for you. Those were pivotal years where your path shifted and where you made choices and decisions you're still dealing with today. Now, my advice to you is to use this time and this knowing now that it's been put on your radar that it is a 20-year cycle and it has five-year increments that you can work it now. Sagittarius is the higher truth. It's the larger story of your being, why you're here. What story are you here to tell? What truth are you expressing just through your existence, your mere existence on the planet is a piece of truth that you're offering to us and we love and receive that love light and truth from you we want to honor that peace and right now we're still developing it and then we're still stripping and there's lots of one of the one of the articles one of the many articles spoke on how other neptunian cycles did not as dramatically include uranus and pluto as they do this time okay so of course we're again on the fast track we are the we're on the bridge you know, and those of us in this little 100 year, 200 year period are on the bridge from way old long term to the tune of 26,000 year cycles are rebooting 5,000 years, 1200 years, 2100 years. There's like umpteen cycles converging right now. And for the last couple of hundred years, we've been on that crossover on that overlap. So it's been very chaotic, but also ridiculously speedy growth. I mean, 
ridiculously speedy. So we want to really honor where we are and again come back to this year and see what revelations have come to you since last April. That's when Neptune hit Pisces. So April 2011, the official toe, zero Pisces, zero point of possibilities has been a juicy place we've discussed along the way. I did add a couple of extra notes over here. You know, tonight through the weekend, you just use the energy available. My thing is getting the alignment with the one means you. Well, now I know there's huge circles all over the world that are gathering now and all through the weekend. So what I've explained to a few people who are just not into global meditation is that just consider how many millions of people right now and for the next 72 hours are focused on love, peace, and harmony and balance for this planet, for ourselves as a living species here and for the planet itself. So that's that's tipping the scales that when two or more gather and the power that increases the possibility for miracles i guarantee you that there's an opening when this many souls focus on that one thing of love light and truth it's going to open that right on up and allow it to become a reality for those who are tuned into that okay think radio dial you can tune in wherever you like and if you want to tune into what's going down you can go on down with it but you can change that station any minute in time that you choose to change the station and tune in somewhere else. So I highly encourage it, at least for this weekend, to focus on you, your wholeness, your healing, what feeds you on a soul level, what nourishes all of you, body, mind, spirit, soul, all of the above, what goes into you, what comes out of you. You know, let's pay attention to the flow. 14 years of flow, we're all gonna get flow 101 and higher levels beyond that. And I, I, laugh, I jotted down the crustiest wins, okay? Because what, the way I look at that is whoever's the most rigid and whatever belief systems are the crustiest and old and flaking and falling apart and just completely dead, dry, just dry, dry, no spice, no flavor, no honey, no nothing, dry. They win because it's gonna show the most growth. So if this dissolution process, think how water wears down a stone over time. These folks that are the hardest are either going to break and get washed away, which is fine, or they'll get softened up and opened up and they'll get their flow back and stop being so destructive to everything around them. But it's 14 years and it is all perception. It's all in the eyes of the beholder. So you got to keep that in mind too. And just with the filters, with the filters, water, emotion, overwhelm, you know, all widely available. But again, using those metaphors, like dude said, Robert Wilkinson was, you know, the navigation and the sea and all of the water metaphors, flow, fluidity, liquid. We're liquidating our assets. We don't want to have anything heavy. We're not, we can't take it with us anyway. So let's lighten up and be open to the miracles that are possible when you don't have all that. What, there used to be a line, somebody will know, and you guys can send it to me in its correct form. But it's, if your hands are full carrying baggage, they can't be open to receive. They can't. You cannot receive while you're carrying baggage. So let's let a lot of that go because most of it really truly doesn't matter in this moment or the next. It only mattered back in the day and we're not there right now. So confrontation with illusions and delusions, absolutely going to come up. <laughs> it's going to come up. You're going to find out. And this is the thing. It's not to make anyone wrong or a liar or anything like that. There's not parts of you that are wrong or deceitful necessarily. Now, of course, that's going to be available too. But what we're speaking on here is just that confrontation with that which you used to believe was true is just no longer true anymore. 
okay? We can call it an illusion and a delusion and beat ourselves up forever believing it was real. But the truth is, again, it's, it's fluid. It's moving. Let's not be so attached. Let, you know, let's not take it so seriously. It was what it was for a time. It worked probably for 30 seconds and it served some kind of purpose. And in the end, hopefully here you are learning from whatever it was, whatever defense mechanisms kick into us humans that says we've got a time out. <laughs> we got a time out. We can't even deal with this reality. So we have to create a whole other fantasy reality over here to give us a break. And actually, I think I have an article to quote on that. I found a great one by Leah Whitehorse. And she wrote an article called Neptune in Pisces, the sea, the sea. And what did she call it? Oh, I won't be able to find it quickly enough, but we'll look here. Neptune is compassion, confusion, deception, disillusion, dreams, ecstasy, fantasy, the urge to merge, refinement, sacrifice, unification and transcendence he shows what we long for what we're weary of what enchants us and what we escape to when the world is just too overwhelming his position in our chart represents where we need to merge with the whole so wherever Neptune is for you again it's 14 years in a sign so those are kind of generational there's gonna be a whole group of you a lot of us here are the 60s babies are Neptune and Scorpio so you, wherever that is is your urge to merge it's your your call to spirit it's wherever your spirituality is based and that kind of thing and so we can we can work with that and we can shapeshift along the way into something more useful and then it's interesting because again Pisces and 12th house and all of that being the end product of the again the accumulated efforts Aries through Aquarius okay in astrology that's how that works so yeah, I found some place that talked about Neptunian being the end product as well and it was I believe discovered oh god I didn't write this part down 1846 if I'm not mistaken it was 1846 when Galileo found it and then it wasn't truly discovered on the books until 1861 but whatever it was the beginning of the industrial age and so my point is we're seeing the end product of the industrial age is what I think is happening now and so again with taking the blessings taking all the good out of that there are useful things about this last age but there's a lot of things that have to be rebirthed into something more useful so I loved in that particular piece of of discussing when and where you know who discovered it type of thing it was observed before and not recognized okay so think about how many intuitive flashes you've ever had that you observed it but you didn't recognize what it was all about or you didn't know what it meant you hear these signs you see the signs you feel the signs but you don't always recognize in the moment what they mean okay that's gonna be an ongoing kind of theme so let's get used to that let's play with that let's look for the signs but let's look for confirmations let's activate our filter Okay, let's not get caught up in flights of fancy and all off track and distracted, but really use the signs that repeat themselves. That's always the universe trying to talk to you. Certainly any body issues, things that manifest. Oh, by the way, Maggie Kerr is an amazing astrologer. She has universalastrology.com.au for Australia. You got to remember that part or you'll end up with another astrologer who's fine, but that's not who we're talking about. She has a great Neptune in Pisces article and a really fabulous outlook on how to navigate and a she's really good layman's terms and a fabulous list at the end I'm only going to read the three bullets that I made stars next to but hers was really juicy she says what it will feel like to actually live in this new reality is yet to be seen and experienced once again we've only had glimpses it is but in her version it is a calm and accepting place and there's little drama one accepts the day 
and works with whatever people and situations it throws at you. It is very deeply aware and a feeling place, yet it is also a very objective place. So think Pisces and Virgo. Virgo's the practical piece of that. It's kind of like being at the top of Jupiter's mountain after a hard climb, surveying the panorama of options in a state of calm expectation. Without controlling quote-unquote things, you can allow quote-unquote things to come to you, knowing that what will come is perfect for your lesson in the moment. And so it is. So again, it's, it's whatever you tune into. It's whatever you're willing to entertain <laughs> and, you know, dance with for a little while. But don't think you know. You, you got to get certainty out of here. Because every minute that you think you're certain about this person, place, thing, circumstance, thought, idea, concept, any of it, you're in for a ride, okay? Just let go of certainty, get more into your trust and intuition thing. You know, again, intuition's like a muscle. You got to use it. So you do have to practice. You have to be willing to be vulnerable. You have to be willing to be wrong. You have to take a chance. Absolutely. But it's taking a chance on you. And think about how strengthening that and fortifying that is when you take that risk of trusting your own intuition and you turn out right. That's a building block. That's a brick. Put it in your foundation and work it from there and keep building and practicing following your hunches. Okay, we got to get out of that linear ABC123. That's not going to serve us in Neptune in Pisces realm, I can tell you that. And it's not really going to serve us for the next 10 or 20 years of this transition that we're living in globally as, as just a global community. So Maggie's bullets here, she starts with how Uranus is in Aries, which is opening new fabulous options for our entrepreneurial self and offers freedom and liberation right as Neptune hits Pisces and opens the door for us to transcend our old limited selves. Okay, so we've already talked about when Jupiter and Uranus got together in Aries and activated a completely new day for a minimum of this seven-year period. So in my opinion, you really can liberate yourself from the old thinking, the old ways, the old practices that just don't work anymore, and the old self on so many levels, and liberate that, lighten the load in so many ways, and then reclaim the pieces of you that are eternal. Your soul strength is there. It just needs to be called up again. Life tends to make our souls and spirits go somewhere else because it's too uncomfortable to be here when it's chaotic like that. And so she goes on with a several bullets. I want to say at least 15 here, but the three I highlighted, and I love them all. Don't get me wrong. We'll just be here all night. <laughs> is to listen to your intuitive self and be always open to the phenomenal universe by noticing the signs and signals coming at you via strange and synchronistic means. It's fun when you live like this. It's incredibly interesting and creative. Okay, you know who this rubs wrong? The control freaks, <laughs> the need to know people, the I wanna know upfront people. They're the ones having a hard time. And so I'll tell you, my practice lately is on language on how to talk to these people and to keep them present you know and to just remind them that you can be rigid but you will get broken in half and I'm going to choose not to go that way and if that means that we can't work together play together hang together whatever we're trying to do by coming together then that's just so be it but we have to keep things fluid and flexible in order to be effective right now and then another one was beware of the spiritual glamour 
your own or other people's. This is the illusions and delusions where we get all hyped up about a new belief or a new philosophy or a new idea and then we're caught up in the wave. We are all on the same level playing field. So question ideas and information before aligning yourself with groups and organizations. This is the discernment piece. Okay, everyone's one, everyone's connected now. But that means your discernment is even more important. Your filter is even more important. Now the infinite possibilities we imagined we had, we have. And now you got to be able to filter out the blah, blah. You got to get rid of all the nonsense to get to the good stuff. And I got to tell you, the good stuff is hiding way beyond the nonsense. So if you're in the nonsense, you're missing it all together. And the last one I loved was step into the stream of consciousness where right action is rewarded with growth and prosperity. So and she closes out with dare to dream. Our dreams are the incubus of our magic self, creating our future of limitless realities and be the change you want to see, of course. So I'm going to link all these articles that'll be really juicy, but real quick, want to go through the additional activations and then we'll get into the I Ching and the guidance. And then we are going to do some storytelling at the end. I have a mythology of Neptune and Pisces and Yemaya, who is our ocean goddess that we must pay homage to, and I will in the morning. But for us on a personal level, what I want to just put on the radar, and it's not to say that everybody's off the hook, because like I said, Neptune is somewhere in your chart, Pisces is somewhere in your chart. So somewhere you're being stimulated one way or another. But if you do have Gemini, Sag, or Virgo, Pisces, then like I said, this gets very personal, and it is going to be part of a common ongoing theme so you want to pace yourself and what I was thinking about was Mars entered Virgo today everyone so we've got some a lot of good stuff around that as well but Mars and Virgo is opposite Neptune and Pisces in that regard so you want to think eight or nine months Mars is giving us the energy to do the Virgo work, to focusing on the details, to getting ourselves healthy and whole first and foremost. And then whatever other work we're doing, we want to integrate into our everyday lives in a, in a higher capacity. So there's going to be some back and forth with Mars there. But Mars across from Neptune, again, is what actions you take on your dreams, on your visions, on your larger ideas or larger truth of your life. Okay, like I said, that's going to get stimulated. And there's this integration to being practical in your Mars action actions because that's where Mars and Virgo comes in but also again activating your imagination and expanding the way way bigger possibilities of whatever little seed idea you're playing with right now whether it's personal self-growth and work on you or creative projects and things that you're doing that you want to share and offer to the world all of that is going to get this really juicy calibration over the next six to eight months so again setting the intention we don't do any prediction we can't say what's exactly going to happen but you want to connect to what you can get out of Virgo Pisces means balancing your human and your spirit, feeding your human and your spirit, and integrating those two parts of your one being, okay, is part of the lesson and the ongoing lesson between those signs. And then, like I said, Mars is action, Neptune's the vision, the dream, the bigger philosophy of life. So there's going to get some juice from now until July 2012. Venus next April 2012 hits Gemini, retrogrades in June. So she's going to spend an extended period in Gemini, which actually squares Pisces. So now our thinking, our ideas, are going to get forced to grow and again get expanded into bigger realms because of Neptune's and Chiron's placement in Pisces. So we're sort of healing a lot of illusions and delusions and mythologies that don't really, like I said, they don't support life. They're all pretty destructive and patriarchal and they're done. Ha! So that's even better. Next year, now remember we're still in Jupiter and Taurus right now, but June 2012 it hits Gemini and again is going to square this. So Jupiter 
is going to be one aspect of the philosophy and truth that you're trying to get going. And Neptune and Chiron and Pisces are still going to be giving you healing pieces to do and healing work and assignments to get through and to sort of weed out, again, the illusions and delusions and the places where your perspective or your perceptions are, are skewed. They're off in some way. So those, those squares are challenges to grow. They're out of comfort zone into new territory. They're not necessarily bad, but for a lot of people, they got to go the trauma route. That's how that works for some people. We're going to choose to go another way and go with this flow of realigning truth and retelling the story, reimagining the story. I mean, some people can't even imagine their life as a different story. So I want you to really dig into that. That's what Neptune and Pisces is the best for. It's taking a time out every day, every week or every month or whenever you can. And it's more about the quality of the silence and the time you take off than the quantity. But if you can do that with Neptune and Pisces, you can really connect to that piece of you that understands how to navigate right now. Right now, it all you already know what you need to know. We're just calling it to the surface. We don't really have to worry about Saturn until the end of 2014 when it hits Sagittarius. So pretty much 2015. So we're not going to worry about that right now. But like I said, Mars and Venus are divine, masculine, and feminine are already being recalibrated in many ways. They have their own cycles and things. So as these personal planets move through Gemini and Sag, it's going to test a lot of the Chiron and Neptune and Pisces pieces. And when they're in Virgo Pisces, that's initiation integration pieces. That's that kind of work that we have to do with these big boys expanding our world in so many ways. So now for the guidance that we got, I Ching, Stephen Karcher's Myths for Change is a really juicy, delicious I Ching. And for those of you who don't know, there are many, many, many interpretations of the I Ching. It's an ancient conduct oracle. So we're usually asking it, you know, what to do. So I thought when we're in these Neptunian realms of not knowing what to do, we should check in and really juicy stuff. Now, I got number 53 in his book is called Gradual Advance, Marrying Woman, changing to number 18, Corruption and Pestilence slash Renovating. Now, that sounds a lot more dire than it ends up being, but we're going to go in order here. So let's everyone take a deep breath wherever you are, open to receive. This will be fairly quick. And then, like I said, we're going to do a little mythology storytelling, and we're going to call on Yamaya and honor her for a minute just because we are going to engage the ocean going forward and send blessings to our mother on many, many, many levels. But number 53, Gradual Advance, Marrying Woman's Guidance from Stephen, who we thank for this incredible body of work. The Gradual Advance, Marrying Woman keywords say smooth, adaptable progress, infiltrate, penetrate like water, ceremonies leading to a formal marriage, and a seed figure. Okay, juicy. Ceremonies leading to a formal marriage. We've done a lot of honoring of the divine masculine being invited back to the party at a higher state. Okay, we're not doing patriarch, but we need our masculine, and we need it to be whole and healthy and balanced. Gradual advance describes your situation in terms of gradually achieving a goal with the image of the elder daughter's wedding procession. Now, let me clarify real quick that my idea that I meditated on as I threw the coins for the I Ching was corrections we can make now based on the revelations or awakenings that we've had since April Again, I write 2010, and I'm almost sure it's... No, you know what April 2010 is? Exactly what we're talking about. The revelations and ahas have been rolling in since Neptune hit 28 Aquarius, which was April 2010. That was a whole year and a half ago. And now it's back at 28 
Aquarius and going forward and it's not going to touch Aquarius again for 165 years. So my concept was on the work we've done, on the revelations we've had over the last year and a half of all the things we thought were true, used to be true, maybe, maybe not, that have been revealed based on that awareness, based on that knowledge, and at what kind of corrections can we now make going forward? Because now, like I said, yesterday it went forward and now all that's been revealed, we can sort of move on. And this is what we got. So we're doing the gradual advance describes your situation in terms of gradually achieving a goal with the image of the wedding procession. The way to deal with it is to advance slowly and steadily through subtle penetration. Move through the woman and the yin. Through infiltrating, you find the place where you belong. Proceed step by step and don't try to dominate the situation. This generates meaning and good fortune by releasing transformative energy. You will ultimately achieve mastery and find a new field of activity. Put your ideas to the trial, which means we're gonna Mars, we're gonna act on them. This brings profit and insight. Now I love Stephen Karcher because he does the scholar speaks and the shaman speaks, and then we do the changing lines, which we had several. So the scholar speaks and it says, this hexagram figure shows an inner limit that stabilizes outer growth. Okay, let's marinate that. Above the mountain, there is a tree. Gather energy for a decisive new move. You can't just stay in one place. Infiltrating means advancing. Be like a woman given in marriage who gives priority to the man's initiative. Depend on your moral and intellectual strength and your power to realize the way to improve your everyday situation. This will certainly advance you. By moving through yin and the woman, okay, so divine feminine, contain, nurture, protect. That's how we work actively with the divine feminine principle. The divine masculine principle, just as valuable, just as needed and useful to create anything, we need both. We do the active principle with the yang. But in this context, we're, they're saying we need to be more open and receptive and natural is my thing about natural. So this will certainly, by moving through yin and the woman, you will achieve mastery in a new field of activity. You acquire the place you desire. Pushing on brings real achievement. Correct yourself in order to advance. Okay, it's always you, it's always you. So all corrections must be made internally first. This lets you correct the way power and responsibility are assigned. Okay, so if you correct yourself in order to advance, means get yourself together before you move out there. This lets you correct the way power and responsibility will be assigned to you. Okay, you will acquire a solid place in the center. Stabilize your desire and be adaptable. Gently penetrate to the core of the situation. Thus, the new energy that is stirring will not be exhausted. Okay, another thing that comes up a lot on our radar is leaking energy. Okay, not only do we get these mental distractions and emotional, you know, upheavals and overwhelm and things that take us out periodically, but keep in mind of, for those leaks, any place that you start letting go of your energy and you're not aware of it, you don't realize it. Let's, let's claim awareness and alertness. Then the shaman speaks and it says, spirit words bind us and accomplish fate, working in those who lay out the offerings. These are the operators, the sacrificer and the lady of fates. Wind and wood above enter subtly, penetrating, pervading and coupling 
while mountain below limits and articulates what is complete to suggest what is beginning. Okay, so it articulates what is complete. This is back akin to what we've discussed in the past is work on and feed what's working. Stop throwing good money after bad, good energy after bad, good time after bad on things that projects that have lost their life force energy. And you know, I don't say give up on people, but boundaries, healthy boundaries, paying attention, being aware, being present. It's going to help tremendously in every moment. So the shaman continues because if we can work on what is being articulated to be complete, that lets us know where we can begin from there. So this is wood over earth. On the inner field, that supports outer penetration and coupling. The ideal realizing person reflects this by firmly residing in his innate power to actualize the way, transforming what is mean-spirited and grasping. Okay, we're going to transform that as we go. Work through joyous words to bring the spirit to expression. Renovate the ancestral images huge right now huge some of that baggage is ancestral it's not even from this lifetime and we're still carrying it okay let it go let's correct the vision let's revise the vision let's reclaim the original vision okay certainly for our ancestral lines and move from there so then the changing lines are usually the advice of the I Ching and I just want to double check we had number two and then four five and six so the second one says gradual advance the marrying woman wild geese settle on the stone eating and drinking feasting feasting wise words the way is open this is not simply gratification this is the sacred meal on the path to union you find a secure place and a warm connection okay welcome to the power circle everyone we will find these as we move through enjoy yourself now the way is open the journey will soon resume okay so when you take those timeouts enjoy them bask be there be present in your neptunian dreamland world you know whatever you're going off to the ocean to visualize or any of your artwork i have a ton of artists in the circle all of you are tremendously supported for your genius coming through in the next 14 years so i'm totally encouraging the artists to translate their feelings i know the feelings are overwhelming sometimes and they're hard to translate but you're you have the medium you have the tools and everyday people don't always have access or don't believe they have access we all know of course it's infinite but you have that and sometimes that art that comes through you in all its myriad forms allows us to, to articulate things that we don't have the words for so again we're, we're really understanding essence at another level these days so the journey will resume after this feasting and fun this is the paradise time of the river mountain festival the direction says subtly penetrate to the heart of things turn conflict into creative tension the situation is already changing the fourth place says gradual advance the marrying woman wild geese settle on trees okay before they were on stone now they're on trees someone acquires a branch to rest on the rafters of the house this is not a mistake this is yielding and using subtle penetration this is a resting place after a great transition and a great portent of future happiness. Have no fear, this is not a mistake. The direction says, through retiring, you will be coupled with a creative force. So it's kind of pull back to go forward kind of vibe I'm feeling. 
At the fifth place, it says gradual advance, the marrying woman and the wild geese now settle on the grave mounds. The wife is not pregnant for three years. When this is complete, absolutely nothing can stop you. Wise words, the way is open. This is acquiring the place you desire. Okay, so we have yielding and subtle penetration. We have not simply gratification, but sacredness and honoring life and in our meals and our world and our sustenance. And now we're acquiring the place you desire, which is again takes me back to that Jupiter and Taurus, heaven on earth, the garden theory that we're really tending to right now. So this is the penultimate step on the path to union. Your creative energy makes contact with the ancestors and the guardian spirits. Another confirmation that we're at the gate and they have to be invited, everyone. For those of you not, tr you know, deeply conditioned to this kind of communing, it is so delicious. They're awake, they're aware, they're here, they're holding us in the light as we move through our changes and things, and they will assist if you invite. They will not come unless they're invited. This takes time, you know, when your creative energy makes contact with the ancestors. That's some processing to do after that. This takes time, but when it is finished, nothing will stop you. So think about that three years. Let's keep that in mind, okay? 14 years, three years isn't too much to ask to anchor that, okay? And that could essentially really anchor the bigger vision that we're talking about today. So once that's finished, have no fears. The way is open. The direction says stabilize your desires. Release bound energy. The situation is already changing. And then the top line, gradual advance, the marrying woman, and now the wild geese glide over the high plateau and the ancient forest. Their feathers can be used in the great spirit dances. Wise words, the way is open. This does not allow disorder. Okay, first law of the universe is order. Work that Virgo piece. When you're feeling chaotic Pisces overwhelm, pull back into order. Put your hands in the earth. Do something. Clean your house. Do something physical, earthly, and grounded and practical. And while you're doing those practical things, work in the prayer. You're not just sweeping out the dirt and dust. You're sweeping out the past, the dead energy, the stagnant energy. You're releasing more than just what's physically visible to the naked eye. So this position you know, while we're flying high over the plateau in the ancient forest does not allow disorder. The journey ends in the world of spirit. Your love becomes a symbol that can activate fundamental energies in the world we live in. Okay, let's repeat that one. Your love becomes a symbol that can activate fundamental energies in the world we live in. Because you understand what symbols can do, the way will always be open to you. The direction says, reimagine your situation. Gather energy for a decisive new move. Okay, so I'm going to venture to say Mars through Virgo, eight months minimum to ground that three years, three years to ground the 14. If we're going to set real intentions to truly work with Neptune and Pisces, that's where I'm headed. Okay, and it's changing to 18, corruption and pestilence slash renovating. These keywords are perversion, corruption, decay. Plague, pestilence, death of a parent, negative effects of parents on children, parental images, inner family, sexual infatuation, renew, renovate, new beginning. The response, corruption and pestilence, the source of success, advantageous to step into the great stream, harvesting, before seed burst, 
three days after seed burst three days okay we do this with the full moon and new moon work that we do together three days before the day of and three days after it's a good little window to work mojo corruption slash renovating describes your situation in terms of poison putrefication black magic and the evil deeds done by parents that are manifested in their children the way to deal with it is to help things rot away so that a new beginning can be found you are facing something that has turned to poison search out the source so new growth can begin this is pleasing to the spirits through it they will give you success effective power and the capacity to bring the situation to maturity this is the right time to enter the stream of life with a goal or to embark on a significant enterprise that brings profit and insight prepare the moment when the new time arrives and carefully watch over its first growth it will take three days a whole period of activity before the seed of the new energy bursts open and a similar period afterwards to stabilize it deep breath okay so for all that we're trying to create all that we're trying to ground all that we're trying to be do have what have you whatever your goals are you still have to honor the evolutionary time factor not the linear time factor but the evolutionary time it takes to bring things from thought into manifestation it's a process everything is a process so deep breaths and now myth astrology by raven caldera who we've used before exploring planets and pantheons he's wonderful and he's given he's assigned a god to every planet in every sign so it's pretty delicious and we have tiamat okay somebody help me with the pronunciations later tiamat is neptune in pisces in the beginning there was chaos that's how most of the founding creation myths of Western culture start out. They describe roiling, turbulent chaos that sprayed random life about without any integral order. You'll notice that creation doesn't superimpose itself on the state of empty nothingness. There's always something there. It's just undesirable because it's chaotic. Usually, it's described as endless heaving waters, as if humanity somehow carried pre-human history in its race memories. Did our ancestors somehow remember how we stumbled into the ocean as small tree-climbing monkeys and emerged an era later as upright tool users? Or perhaps they might have remembered even further back to the primal waters from which crawled the first primitive life. Somehow, they understood, as do we, on a deep level, that water was the original source of life. Tiamat is the Babylonian goddess who personifies the primordial chaotic ocean. Deep breaths, okay, when we move through the mythology, we can go into all kinds of interesting places. So everybody just open up to the piece that resonates for you because you're gonna find little nuggets in here that you can work with. So she is the goddess that personifies the chaotic ocean. Little is known of her physical attributes, but she is referred to as dragon and she serpent. She births several gods and a pair of giant serpents and begins the dynasty of the Babylonian pantheon. Tiamat is said to represent two kinds of primordial waters. One is the water that covers the world and the other is the celestial water that fills where the air should be. In this cosmological story, everything is swirling chaotic water. The upper and lower waters suggest that Tiamat brings forth rampant creativity in both earthly and spiritual matters. Okay, both are on the table right now. Her waters are, in many ways, a personified womb from which everything springs forth. 
Okay, here's another concept to play with everyone. Neptune in Pisces, anything in Pisces, back to the womb. So when we're in the womb, what are we doing? We're developing something. We're developing an idea, a craft, a skill. We're developing something out of all that we've learned so far. Okay, and we want to really access that piece of it. And at the same time, think about the womb. It's a place where you're simultaneously cramped and uncomfortable and also completely provided for. You're just being, you're just floating in the waters. So let's tune into some of these concepts so that we can know how to navigate a little better. When the planet Neptune goes into its own sign, Pisces, it is expressed in its truest to its nature. I do not use the term most clearly because there is nothing clear about either Neptune or Pisces. They're working on expressing truest to its nature. Okay, so all of us are about to be confronted with the truth of our own nature, if we haven't already, and how that works for or against us along the way. Nothing's clear about Neptune or Pisces. The three water signs, Cancer, Scorpio, and Pisces, are all concerned most with emotion. But in Pisces, the flow of feeling transcends personal boundaries and becomes instead a sense of the numinous, a need to open to the ethereal. This can result in profound mysticism or profound delusion. And Neptune does not seem to care which, okay, neutral, planets are neutral. In the end, what does it matter? All things are one is what Neptune would say. This is a hard answer for more clear-cut types to tolerate. We tend to imagine that since Pisces is generally a passive sign, a Piscean figure would be less than effective as a warrior. One look at the level of bloodshed in the last 2,000 years, the Piscean age, will show this to be a falsehood. Unlike Aries, when Pisces decides to fight, she does not intend to be a hero. She expects to win or to become a martyr, and one outcome may be as satisfactory as the other. Martyrs, of course, have little to lose and thus are more dangerous than heroes who tend to prefer survival. Neptune is always more interested in the nebulous hereafter than in practical survival. Okay, there's going to be a lot of that to go around. It's why her martyrs so often win. It's hard to stand against that kind of spiritual fatalism. During the last pass of Neptune through its own sign, movements such as the Transcendentalists and the Spiritualists sprang up. Table-tipping mediums were all the rage, and Lourdes had its famous vision of the Virgin. Under all the charlatry of a human populace desperate to believe in something, okay, the mundane world was no longer enough. People were drawn into the swirling mists of mysticism and were often not prepared for what they found. Okay, this is the other reason to remain grounded, everyone, because there are other realms and other power and other wisdom and other things operating that you may not be ready to dance with. So again, encouraging your protection and your shields and your boundaries, staying present and choosing. Don't get caught up in the wave. You want to constantly be activating the filter and choosing in the moment whether you want to participate or not. And so this says the Neptunian urge to be at one with the universe is a two-edged sword. In order to get there, you have to let go. But letting go can blind you to a false messiah or movement. Any dealing with the energies of Neptune in its own sign can signal a quote-unquote faith quake. A spiritual experience so sudden and powerful that it feels forced, driven, and engulfing. We have no choice but to endure it. We can only attempt to choose our reaction or our response. 
At any rate, things do not go well with Tiamat's descendants. She and her consort complain of their noise, crying out that they cannot sleep with the riotous antics of their children and grandchildren. At first, of the two of them, Tiamat counsels patience and does not wish to destroy her offspring. Apsu keeps complaining, rather peevishly in fact, until the offspring in question hear the rumor and start discussing the possibility of removing the elders instead. They start by capturing and imprisoning Apsu. Tiamat is enraged when she hears this and begins to give birth to an army of dragons, serpents, and scorpion men. She chooses her faithful son, King, to lead it, creating for him the Tablets of Fate as a magical weapon, and they march on their upstart progeny. Ea and Anu both fail against Tiamat's onslaught, and everyone else is terrified of her. She is the force that is not only irrational, but transcendent that connects the most primitive parts of our brains with all that is leaving rational mind out of the loop altogether so again widely available for the next 14 years let's pace ourselves let's breathe through everything whenever this kind of spiritual assault descends on us and more often than not it descends because we have been studiously ignoring it we are completely overwhelmed our everyday mode of thinking deserts us Ill-equipped to handle the tidal wave from the other world, the elder world of primordial awe. Marduk, who is Mars in Gemini, I thought was really ironic, the warrior of the winds, finally steps forward and agrees to take on Tiamat, although he blackmails all the gods into giving him complete authority and unquestioned rule if he succeeds in slaying her. Desperate, they agree. Now everyone listen carefully. This too plays out archetypally in our lives. When the overly intense karmic experience comes to get us, we fall back on fire and air, which is will and thought. The warrior of the winds we call on to save us. We will promise him anything to get us out of this bottomless sea that we have fallen into, including things that will constrict us later. Sometimes he loses in spite of everything and we are swept away. Sometimes he wins, at least temporarily. Marduk slays Tiamat, but her body is so huge that it cannot be made to go away. Instead, he carves it into two pieces, turning one into the earth below and one into the sky above. Different parts of her body become dwelling places for gods, men, and other beings. From the castrated corpse of her son, he forms the bodies of humankind. The act of destruction now becomes, in the end, an act of creation. The myth of Tiamat is usually read as a sorrowful slaying of the mother dragon by the nasty warrior. Neptune, in its inscrutable transcendence, sees this differently. To Neptune and to Pisces belong all sacrificed beings, hero and heroine, parent and child, willing and unwilling. To be a sacrifice is, in Neptune's eyes, the greatest honor one can have. Tiamat's fate is in this sense glorious rather than not so glorious. Like all shamanic stories, she is dismembered and her parts are used in the creation of all new things. So everything that's dissolving is just is going to be reborn in a completely new, more useful form for now. Marduk's reign might pass, but Tiamat became the entire world that we live in now. No matter what happened after that, everyone would be surrounded inescapably by Tiamat. In the Neptunian way of things, no matter what happened, 
Tiamat could not lose. To understand this truth is to touch for a moment the crystal heart that lies deep within the blurring cloud of Neptunian energy. It is more than mere victory through surrender. It is why Pisces will always be the last sign standing. Deep breath. I love him. And all this mythology is so much fun. Deep breaths, deep breaths. I hope some of that resonated. It rang some bells for me. I thought I would share. And Yemaya we love from the Orishas. The Tarot of the Orishas by Zolrak Durkon. Yemaya. This is more mythology. Again, little ideas to tune into, little concepts to keep in mind while the oceanic realms become more part of our everyday awareness, you know. Yemaya. A woman appears from among the waves who is beautiful, who possesses spiritual and also material riches. Since the sea is one of the wealthiest and largest kingdoms covering more than 70% of the world's surface, almost dancing with a subtle bending of her arms, she seems to be surrounded by sweet melodies springing from her own self. Deep breath. We're going to breathe through this one because we can claim this. We can call on her to work through us. A hand carries a comb made of sea oysters, which she uses to comb herself before a mirror made of snail shells held by her other hand. Her crown also is made of silver, which is her metal, and snail shells with a starfish in the middle and a necklace of the same metal ending in a charm representing a fish that inhabits her territory. The crown is decorated with pearls as drops of her pure element, which gives her a princess-like quality. She is comfortably seated on a seashell. Her kingdom is one of the major ones for the reasons given above, but also because its energy comes from ancient times. At the beginning, and for many thousands of millions of years, there were only masses of water over the face of Earth. It can be said, therefore, that life had its origins there. That is why we consider Yamaya as the mother of all the other Orishas. But what happened to the seawater that is missing nowadays? Well, nothing is lost, everything is transformed, as established by the law of conservation of energy. Energy cannot disappear, even in radioactive changes which result in very small electrons. Energy is inside everything. And Einstein proved that even matter is energy. Coming back to the Orisha of saltwater, in ancient times, her energy presided over the Ogun River in Africa, which has nothing to do with the Orisha of the same name. There's another Orisha named Ogun. Legend coming to us by word of mouth. The history of the Orishas has mostly been told by word of mouth. The legend states that water sprang from her bosom, which explains her voluptuousness, to create all other saints. She has several syncretisms in Brazil with Our Lady of the Candles, in Spanish-speaking South America with Stella Maris, the Virgin of Sailors and Fishermen, and in the Caribbean and North America, Our Lady of the Rule. At the end of the year, her followers throw flowers into the sea as a sign of gratitude for the past months and requesting her protection for the coming year. So all part of our ritual, like I said, this weekend, we can do lots of prayer work, any kind of ritual that calls to you. I'm working a lot of fire and water mojo and holding it down for the power circle. The greatest festivities, however, are held on February 2nd, when small, usually light blue boats can be seen sailing into the sea, decorated with flowers, candles, perfume, and gifts for the queen of the sea. Generous in her decisions and thoughts, her sons, 
have elegant, undulating, powerful, and acoustically silent movements, the same as the sea. So we all want to learn how to do that. Working our invisibility cloaks is really useful. Her colors are in the blue range, from the lightest to the darkest, also comprising silvery blue. One of her tools is a fan, which is made of silver, a silvery metal, or any metal carrying her colors and symbols. She is one of the most beloved and respected Orishas together with Obatala, and since she is the mother of all and therefore related to maternity, it would perhaps be better to enlarge a little on this point. Pregnancy for the former African people meant a strong limitation of their sexual activity because they believed that the baby would otherwise suffer while in the womb and at the time of birth and that the mother would have very little milk to feed him. Everything quote-unquote impure was avoided at childbirth and the environment was made energy safe by prayer and natural herbs used for purification or medicinal purposes. So we want to make everything energy safe around us. Not only the mother and the child, but also the women acting as midwives were thus protected and sheltered. The mother's behavior, theft, unfaithfulness, nervousness, stress, bad habits, etc., could also represent an obstacle to giving birth. The newborn baby's hair, umbilical cord, fingernails, and the placenta that sheltered him were items the parents had to look after and keep devotedly. They had to be buried under a shrub or tree without thorns so the plant would grow healthy and strong and be fruitful, the same as the child, and protect people under its shadow. It was believed that it would discharge all forms of bad energy or stress into the earth by its roots. Alternatively, these items were given to the Orisha who had been requested to protect the birth, asking him to bless the baby from the astral plane. That is to say that during the nine months of her pregnancy, the mother-to-be had assistance from a medical and spiritual point of view and was helped by her family, chosen families are included, and also invoked her ancestors to that purpose. Nothing was left to chance. And so it is. We call on Yemaya so that she will cover the things we haven't even thought of that aren't on our radar necessarily in our conscious awareness because things are still bubbling to the surface of that awareness. So let's be open and understand that we have a choice in every moment to call this truth or not, to claim this as truth or not, as your story, as part of who you are, what you want, or where you're headed. We always have a choice. And so right now, we can tune into this deep, deep, deep well of imagination to unlock certain things that can be wonderful, but we still have to be here. We still have to be in 3D, grounded on the earth. So we have to make concessions for that, let's say. We have to be aware that this aspect of life also has to be taken care of in order for the vision to manifest or to come fully into being for us. So we're working it from both angles. We're honoring that this is a very long-term cycle that we are just tipping the iceberg of, you know, we're just touching the surface of. And we're going to dive into it every year. Neptune retrogrades and gives us a chance like we're dealing with right now. Five months of review to go over whatever illusions and delusions have guided the year, okay? We have them big and small. I mean, sometimes it's little silly things and sometimes it's really big things that 
take us off way off our path that take us years to get back on track so again presence of mind presence awareness being here setting the intention again letting go of the certainty I don't know what I need but please bring in whatever's for my highest good or the highest good for all involved there you go now you've surrendered to spirit and allowed a greater part of you to be engaged to bringing forth whatever visions and ideas you are swirling about in your own mind and heart at this time okay and we're completely supported and we're together and like I said I'll try to get you these articles as soon as I can because at midnight I'm out people because I'm thinking that 001 11 minutes in 111 222 333 we're gonna have fun with numbers tonight so I will be deep in prayer for at least the next 48 hours I will try to get some goodies out in between taking breaks I do have a family so 3D is still here for me as well, but I'm going to spend more time, let's say, in sacred space than in 3D over this weekend. And I will talk to you guys next week when I come up for air. All right. Lots of love. Thank you, everyone.